Hello and welcome to another episode of the Five at the Back Soccer Podcast. I am Charles here with Kyle, Scott, and Eric. We're the the four horsemen of the Premier League apocalypse uh, coming to you, trying to knock City out and, uh, yeah, bring you all the news and and updates that we possibly can. So uh, we, the season has concluded. Uh, Tonight we are going to, or today we are going to be covering uh, the from my personal perspective, fantastic result uh, from the previous weekend, uh, as well as uh, some of the some of the upcoming summer uh, or things that we have on in store for us. So, uh, to kick it off, we're going to talk Champions League final uh, game happened last Sunday, and it was between Real Madrid and Liverpool. Uh, and let's before we get into the game itself. Let's talk about what caused the game to start. What was it? Forty-five minutes late. I'm going to go ahead and get Eric started. Go ahead, Eric. Tell us. Uh, tell us what happened from the uh, the Liverpool side of things. Uh, rather not get into. Then this we'll tell you the truth. Uh, guys, come on! Don't. I don't want a big fight. It's it's going to. No fight. No fight. Just uh, what? What? Tell us. I mean, because you were you were watching, you were paying attention. What what happened? I, well, they didn't show anything on TV, but my Twitter feed from people that were on the ground saying they only had one gate. They funneled all the Liverpool fans through that gate. Um, they were harassing and, and macing and tear gassing people. Had legitimate tickets. They're trying to show them to the window. There were a lot of people trying to push their kids upward. Kids were getting squished. It was, it honestly was really, really from people that were there was really, really bad. I know some um, Jason McIntyre, one of our former players. Um, his wife and kids were harassed in the crowd and pushed around. And he was, he issued uh, you know, a statement uh, afterwards. A couple other ex players did too. Uh, a lot of the Madrid fans are now coming out saying they were kind of harassed too. They had um, one Madrid fan I saw today said they had, um, they went, they had legit tickets and went to their seat. There's a French national sitting in their seat and he refused to move. So he had to watch it from like the concourse or something. It was just a clusterfuck by, by UEFA, by the, the Stade de France officials, it just could have been handled a lot better. If you go back to, you know, the last couple of European finals, you know, Madrid, you know, we played Tottenham, there was no problem. When we played Madrid the last time, there was no problem. I, I just, it, it was just bad. So, 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 so the club is actually, uh, our CEO, Billy Hogan, actually had a couple of videos and wants apologies. The mayor of Liverpool also uh, jumped in on it with a letter. Um, there's a bunch of fan groups, uh, Spirit of Shankly, some of the NFL rap guys are coming over and, um, giving interviews with French media. French media is very, very sympathetic to uh, what's going on on our side. Um, there's an election coming up with the two officials that were kind of in charge, and and the, there's a groundswell happening for them not to be reelected. And it's just, it was just a shame. So, 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 I, I'm asking because I don't know. What, is it just the Liverpool fans that can only go in through one gate, and the other like 40 gates were good for Real Madrid, or does it all the other gates closed, but just one for entry? I guess that's all- what I'm. There are all the other, from what I read, that all. So a Madrid fan could have gone into any gate, but a Liverpool fan could only go in through the one. Is that right? No. Well, from what I read, that all the gates were closed except one, and the Liverpool Liverpool fans were kind of given, funneled through that one or whatever, and Madrid fans, when they would go through, they would go through just kind of an easy pass, just bam, bam, throw the ticket and go, go, go. And the Liverpool fans were being held up. Now, just, now I'm not claiming validity to this, but the, the um, conversation I saw was that there were quite a few Liverpool fans that were trying to enter with faulty tickets. Is that, is that true? That's going to be true in every final. They, they, uh, they announced, first announced the, 
the number was like 40,000. And now we, they got it down to, people did math and got it down to like 25, but then they admitted today it was 2,500. So there was some precursor, though. They weren't just like, fuck Liverpool fans. We're not going to let these bastards in, right? Like there was something happened, whether it was it overblown or something. There was some something they were reacting to, whether they reacted to it poorly, which is clearly the case, right? I mean, it heavy-handed and, and overwhelming force. But there, there, was, there was rumor and insinuation that there were Liverpool fans in droves trying to use fake tickets and then trying to climb. Like there's just some room. There's a lot of rumors and speculation about what kind of preempted the treatment of the Liverpool fans. With that said, well, they, there's no reason to treat. They were trying you know, to, they were trying to climb because a lot of them had legit tickets and they paid thousands of pounds. and want to get the match. I don't blame them at all. Number two. Well, um, no, no, I'm never going to, I'm never going to condone doing something stupid like that. Like you deserve to get tear gas. They were trying to climb into the stadium. Through number, something other than a gate. Number two, but, they're also trying to get out of that crush of people pressing forward through that one right. gate. No, no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that that that's something. Like if you're in danger, that that's yes. But what, I'm just trying to. I'm not trying to play the devil's advocate. I'm trying to like lay the groundwork to what happened before what you're saying. And everything you said is to some degree true and to every degree absurd. But there, it's not like the the local authorities were like, "Oh fuck, Liverpool, let's just stick these guys." Like there was some, there were th- things that happened uh, before that. Is all I'm saying. They didn't react the right way, and it was absurd and ridiculous, and and all these things. Um, but there were some issues before, and I hate this stuff after where it's like, "Ooh, the local, the mayor wants an apology." Like fuck off. Like I'm sorry. Who cares? Like it, it, it people need to be investigated to see what happens so it doesn't happen again. But like. The Beatles don't need a, a an album about how sad they were in Liverpool and Merseyside. It's like get over it. It was shitty, but like fire the guy. Don't don't apologize to the the mayor's niece or something. It's just it's it's absurd. This is what politicians do, right? They come in, pile in, try to get local favor, curried by doing something that's not their job in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, so I think in this in this instance, I mean, there's there's no doubt that there was there were people who were probably left out of the stadium that should have been in there. Absolutely. And I mean, in that scenario, you can't it's it's obviously impossible to, you know, give them that opportunity once the game is over. There's you know, that's it's not you know, we can't turn back time, but they should be fully refunded. They should be offered opportunities to go to future games, that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, they, they can make this right. And and a, and a baseless apology. I think Scott's absolutely right. Those are those are a waste of time. Those are a waste of time, it's energy, and, and yeah, it's exactly hollow. So, I my favorite I, thing, my favorite thing, I saw a Liverpool fans say that the match should be replayed because the players were so <laughs> perturbed by the treatment of their was, their families. That was my uh, that was my burner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also. Oh, we'll talk about this later. But during, never mind. We'll talk about that later. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we all know that this uh, this is obviously unprecedented as far as I, you know, possibly as far as I know. I don't think a Champions League final like this has ever been delayed this much um, due to due to fan or stadium issues. Um, but yeah, so it, it this, the game kicked off later, way later than expected. Um, but overall, I mean. I'm going to allow each of you guys, you know, an opportunity to kind of, you know, tell me what you thought game wise. It, it kind of played out exactly how we talked about it on the last pod. It was a KG close match. Um, both teams were were 
pushing for chances. They were, they were actively seeking goals, which, you know, sometimes you see two teams, they, they kind of sit back and they wait for, you know, a couple of moments to, to attack, but, you know, both teams went at it. They were trying to score. They were trying to, to, you know, outshine the other team. And, you know, in the end we had a, we had a one goal game and that, that happens in finals way more often than, than people would like to believe. And um, I think that most of us said, most likely this outcome is a one goal game uh, that's very, very close. So um, Eric, get, for, since you, you have home field advantage of having an actual team in the final, give us your thoughts. Uh, I think so too. It pretty much did happen exactly kind of how I were saying. And we did bring up, I think you did Charles and the, a lot of our other uh, pod mates were also, you guys were talking about um, Trent versus Vinicius and Vinicius, you know, stripped him and took advantage of that one nice goal. He's wide open and, Trent was put on skates a little bit, but, um, and that turned out to be the, uh, the, you know, the, the matchmaker, the, the game winner. Um, it was disappointing because I think I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I think we outshot them like three to one. I, I mean, our shots were, you know, uh, volume as compared to theirs. They had a, a flurry occasionally uh, right before half. And then from 70 on, they were, they were pretty good, but, but overall, I think so far as, I wouldn't say we outplayed them because they won, but I, we outshot them, and I thought we had the better chances. And if you were to – Jen's not here to – or Skip to back me up, but if you were to think of a recurring theme throughout our whole season, what would it be? It would probably be that we're kind of wasteful in the box. You know, I mean, we really were. You know, uh, I kept tweeting, you know, that the attack was just awful. It looked like Mo was the only one – they were all trying, but Mo was the only one actually being somewhat effectual, somewhat getting close to the net. I mean, he had some nice ones that maybe on another day could have gone in. Um, you know, uh, Diaz wasn't really uh, having it. Mane, it put Jada on in what seventy something. He he didn't wasn't effective. It was just and some uh, some. Brett needs to go to Courtois. He's a great goaltender, but we just we should have had one. And it's just gutting all the way around for me. I think I'd rather just you guys can disagree, but rather maybe losing the semifinals or quarterfinals, or losing the final one nil is just gutting to me. Um, on my birthday, I had a, it was a tough time swallowing it, negativity going on after the match, before the match, the whole thing was just, I don't know, kind of a bummer to me. So, uh, the, the group chat was, was also there. on fire. So like literal fire. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't on fire because there were a lot of good points being made. Yeah. It was, there was, it was a literal dumpster fire. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, had to, I had to mute it. So a couple things. Um, one, you never want to lose in a quarterfinal or a semifinal, Eric. You, uh, if you're going to lose at any point in the tournament, it should be in the final. <laughs> Um, I understand where you're coming from because it hurts. Uh, it's gutting though, Kyle. It's gutting. It, yeah, yeah, but I'd rather be gutted knowing I came in second than to be upset that I got bounced in the round of 16. So, um, I, I, second I, point, I, I think at one point, because I watched, so I was in the movies for the first half. So not only did I come out to the game being delayed, um, I also came out to the pod chat just imploding <laughs> on each other. <laughs> and I was playing catch up because like I was I was so far behind I had no idea what was going on. But I think at one point in the second half, the shots were like 18 to 2. The only difference was of the two shots that Real Madrid had, one of them was on target and it was goal. So um it was from the from the point I watched, which I think I think I caught the whole second half. If not, I caught the majority of it. But um, it was a good back and forth game. It's a very good, a very good game, fun game to watch as a neutral because there was no stress involved for me. Um, I thought um, Liverpool looked better in terms of getting chances in front of goal. Um, Courtois had the game of his life. 
Um, he was fantastic. You guys probably should have had two or three potentially, but for him making the saves that he did. Um, there were a couple saves he had one-on-one where you would expect Mo or uh, Mane to put those away, and they just couldn't. So um, overall, I thought it was it was you know I think we had two back-to-back finals where both teams were kind of going at it. You know, Chelsea and City both went at it um, last year, um, and then this year, you know, there weren't two they weren't two teams just feeling each other out for sixty minutes and then giving it a go in the last thirty. So I mean, I think that's all you can ask for if your team's not in the final. So I, I thought that uh, there was one save in particular from Courtois that was crazy. It was, uh, ironically enough, from Liverpool, and Klopp would have complained had Real Madrid scored from this kind of goal. But um, it was a long ball over the top in this like cluster of, of midfield possession. And I can't remember which one of Liverpool's players played the ball over the top, but Salah got on the end of it and kind of got in behind. Um, and it, w- it wasn't really a 1v1, but he beat the defender and he took the shot and uh, Courtois saved it with like his right inner elbow. Like it was going in the, in the side netting on the other side of the goal and he, he spread wide and saved it. That was incredible. And at that point, I was like, okay, this is going to be one of those days for Salah and for Courtois. Um, and you could just tell he was, you know, saving everything. And w- one thing, so the buildup to Real Madrid's goal was exactly what I talked about last week. It was like the, you you weren't going to pressure Modric into making a mistake. You weren't going to pressure and, and like any of their midfield or attackers, like they knew where to go. They practiced the buildup. Like, you know what Liverpool's going to do. You practice it. And then you, you say, okay, I'm going to go here when I have this, there when I have that, that I'm going to find this space. And it was perfect. And then the, the pass, I don't know if you guys remember it, but I'll, I'll try to retweet the clip. The pass that Modric made in buildup, to split like four Liverpool defenders and, and, and break that open was absolutely insane. Like it was a reverse pass with his left foot that he wasn't even looking and he cut out half of your defenders. It was insane. Um, now my question, so one of the ones you, he played out wide to Vinicius. I, it was actually in, in the inner right channel in, in his own half. Oh, okay. Um, I'll retweet it here in a second, but my yeah, question, so i I watched that play and you could see Vinicius, Vinicius coming up behind Trent. And I was the whole time, because like, I love you, Eric, but I, I wanted Madrid to win. So I'm like, oh my God, far post, far post, far post. You could see the run coming. Do you guys think that was a shot or a pass? Because I think it was a pass, but I see a lot of people calling it a, a mishit shot. I think uh, it was a pass. pass. It looked like a pass to me. Absolutely. It was a, it was a, yeah. it was a square ball across yeah. the baseball. Yeah, I agree 100%, but I saw a lot of a lot of people saying it was a scuff shot. That's because it was Casemiro that hit the ball. Yeah. That's why. They wanted so, it to be a, a missed shot. Yeah, they didn't they, want Yeah, Casemiro is what they consider. Like, they don't consider him an attacking force because he's not. He's he's your he's your destroyer. He's, you know, little, he's your Conte. A little bit of a donkey. Yeah. Yeah. He, but um, he's, but he's in perfect. there for one reason. Yeah, it was a – you know, I, I, no I just couldn't have missed it. He could not have missed that. Like, yeah. Could you he, imagine he, if he had – Oh, oh my yeah. God. Like, he, he wouldn't be able to go back to he wouldn't have been able to go back to Madrid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> he just wanted I, to stay in Paris. And um, yeah, it, it's exactly what we expected. And uh, I hate it for for you and Jen and Skiff, but the rest of the rest of it, I, I enjoyed very much. So, <laughs> uh, my my only remaining comments on this, I have one one uh, gloat and one uh, compliment. Um, <sighs> My compliment is, uh, I think you're absolutely right. Liverpool, Liverpool were basically doing what was necessary to win, uh, but Courtois had the game of his life. 
And sometimes it's just like that. And that's, you, you, you know, you, you come up against a guy who's, who's playing out of his mind. You have to be better than that. And that's very, very difficult to do. So, you know, props to Liverpool for, for putting on a good show. Um, now, uh, I, I said last week, if you start Luis Diaz, you're going to lose this match. You started Luis Diaz. You played it for 75 minutes and you lost the match. And once again, I reiterate, nothing. he did nothing. Yeah. He ran up and down the side of the field a few times, <clears throat> but overall he was useless in the attack. Who would you have started? Jota. I would have started Jota. Uh, if, he, didn't do, he didn't do shit either. We only had 20 came, minutes. I mean, I mean he that's... came on with 20 minutes at the yeah. end of the game. And, and Madrid, Madrid was already was 1-0 up. In. Yeah. yeah, they were yeah. camped in their own half. That, yes. I mean, that's if, not... If Jota was healthy, I absolutely would have started Jota. He's, Jota's better player. Falling off the last, the last um, couple months, he's been missing. Maybe, well, I but... Qu- yeah, I, go I got a question. So, Eric, you, you talked about how wasteful you guys have been. How, how in the hell... Two questions that are the same. How in the hell have you guys argued with me so vehemently that your front three is the best in the league if you guys are so fucking wasteful? I don't understand. Okay, don't answer that because I don't want to argue. Two, how in the hell are Mane and Salah in the PFA fucking player of the year nominations if if Skiff said Mane was shit and now you guys are wasteful and two of your players are in the PFA nomination player of the year and Son, who won the fucking golden boot without a penalty, wasn't in it? It is the most outrageous Scott, shit you, I've ever heard. Those are rhetorical questions. Those are rhetorical questions. That is, that is the most forget, I'll hang up and I, listen question I've ever heard in my life. I'm, I'm not going to listen. Did you uh, Did you forget what I said to you? Was it yesterday? I agree with you. Son no, got no, robbed. You, robbed. Robbed. No, That's I, not I, right. No, but I, I just, it's just the, the cognitive dissonance yeah. is those are, those are questions directed at the other Liverpool supporters on the, on the podcast unfortunately like Eric hasn't been the one out there uh, no. they're standing I'll, up for the I'll, I'll pull for the sure. pit on that grenade drop it and yeah. then <laughs> and then we can, we can move no, on they, I'll, I'll very, hang up and not listen I like I like Sun and Kane I think they've been fantastic this year well, we've been we've been kind of wasteful there were there were three play there were three players let's be honest there were three players on that player of the year list who did not deserve to be there uh it's especially over Sun Especially, I mean, I I thought three of them shouldn't have even been on the list, let alone. Right, give me the uh, list again. Let's let's go through it real quick. Uh, Do you remember? I remember Ronaldo was on there, didn't belong. Uh, Mane was on there, did not belong. Salah belonged. Absolutely. Van Dyke. Van Dyke's on there. I uh, maybe. Um, Harry maybe. Kane was on there. I don't think he belonged. Well, Kane over Sun. should not have been over Sun. No, no, exactly. No, um, not over Sun. And I forget who, I agree. who, who, who the agreement. sixth one was. Wasn't Foden on the list? Oh yeah, Phil Foden. Uh, okay, he belongs. Season, season, but over I, Sun, it belongs among the six. But De Bruyne. Oh, De Bruyne is the other one. I probably you wouldn't have put Mane over Salah because Salah fell off the last couple months. Mane's been good the whole year. No, I disagree. Well, Salah won the Golden Boot. There you go. But yeah, Mane, stack somebody in front. Mane, but it doesn't matter. Win anything. Mane as an individual did not win anything. I mean, it, at, at, it, based on what you're, what you're like, kind of looking at, like half the Liverpool team could have been included on the list. I, I would have given him the award for being the saddest person at the parade. The oh, dude, he picture. won that. He won that by a mile. He didn't want to oh, be there. Oh God! Like somebody told him he was going to have to finally upgrade that iPhone. Oh, Mane. Yeah. Yeah. Mane? Yeah. I saw yeah, that Mane picture. Is... I put it in the Reds chat. I'm like, that poor guy doesn't want to leave. I mean, he's. No, he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't yeah, want to leave my out. ass. He wants out. If he could, if he could have had a helicopter pick him up from that parade, Munich, <laughs> he would have. Oh, all right. So uh, let's. Well, we're going to move on from the Champions League final. Done and dusted. Uh, Real Madrid won their what? Thirteenth. 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 Isn't it crazy? It, their run here has been outrageous. They they were remember La Decima like that was the thing that was the like trying to get their tenth. That wasn't 
that was less than 10 years ago, right? Yeah. That, that was when before Bale got there. Yeah. Um, and now mm-hmm. they're on 13. Mm-hmm. Now they're on 13. Well, Decima was while Bale was there. Remember, they went. I know, I think they went, I know that, that's what I'm saying. Like they were searching for 10 before. Oh, okay. Bale. I got yeah, it. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they went on that insane run. I think they won two or three in a row. And can we so. talk just real quick about how he's been kind of criminally underrated as a Real Madrid player? No. No, you you don't no, want to talk about it. Or you no, we can't talk about it. Oh, but just just think about <laughs> think about it though. They they won 10, 11, 12, and thirteen while he was there. Now he didn't play in this one, yeah. but he and they hate him. Like those fans hate him, and the media has been outrageous, and he's been so, incredibly successful. So I think what it is is so Bale was the first. I think he was one of the first hundred million pound players, right? When he moved from Tottenham to he, well, he Madrid. Was, he was so yep. he came in with great great expectations and he came into a team that had Ronaldo still in his prime playing on the wing with him you know he he walked into a Galacticos team and everyone was expecting him to replace one of them and he just he well, he, he was didn't injured. get off yeah so he didn't get off to a great start and he just had hot and cold flashes and we all know Madrid and Barcelona fans are categorically certifiably unequivocally insane yep they and they so have the, the expectations of the fans and the treatment of the teams by the media is absolutely insane so i mean they had they threw a, a pig's head at luis figo i mean that's just it's 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 insane so it's it was unfortunate for him because I agree with you. I think he was – he had, if you look at just his Real Madrid career by itself, not even taking into account what he did at Spurs, he had a very good career. That goal and, he scored – I'm sorry, Eric. Uh, that goal he scored, the bicycle kick. The bicycle the kick was fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was fantastic. I, I, I want to have this conversation maybe with Christian, um, but I think there's a very easy argument to be made that he's the most successful British player of all time. Yeah, definitely have that with. Uh, have that with It'll Christian. depend on the day. If Christian's in a good mood, he's British. If he's not, he's Welsh. <laughs> it's it's how kind of how it goes with like country? the. It kind of goes how like Wimbledon goes. You know, if Andy, if um, what's his name, Andy something or other, I can't remember it right now. But he was Scottish Scottic? when he wasn't. No. Oh, Murray, Andy Murray. Yeah. Andy Murray. He was Scottish mm. when he wasn't winning. He was British when he won the when he won Wimbledon. <laughs> So, right. Okay. Yep. All right. I've so been long, long enough. Sorry, Charles. No, it's okay. Uh, so uh, Madrid have won five since Bale arrived. That's crazy. Five. I, I will. I will caveat uh, that as well with uh, kind of like you said, Bale walked into a Galacticos team that was filled with a bunch of elite players. I mean, you know, Benzema, Ronaldo. Um, you know, one of the most stout defenses. Di, Di Maria was there too. Still, Modric was, was already there. Ma, yeah, Di Maria. Yeah, Di Maria um, was playing central midfield, which, which is strange, but he was very good at it. But yeah, yeah. Modric was there before him. Yeah. They had Sergio Ramos, Marcelo. Right. I mean, they were they were stacked. They, they were, were stacked. and they had they had Casillas in goal. You know, they were. It wasn't like he walked into like when he walked into the Spurs team but, and became but he, the best player. He did. Spurs. I mean, he started and he played for those Real yeah. Madrid teams. There. Yeah, so yeah. he absolutely is a contributor. I'm not. I'm not trying to take this away, but you know, this no. is this is you know, it's part of the information that goes into it. We sure. just Look had at, to inject some of that Spurs winning culture and that loser blood Real Madrid side is what had but, to happen. I mean, but look what look how they treat. Sure. Yeah, we'll t- we'll, we'll play it like that. 
Look how look how they treated Casillas when he retired. Probably arguably one of their greatest ever goalkeepers, greatest ever players. And they mm-hmm. they gave him a press conference and just sent him on his merry little way. Yeah. So I, I'm telling you, they're in, it's insane. Soccer culture in Madrid and Barcelona. The fans, they're just they're they're nuts and not say, always in a good way. I, w- I will say this: this is this year was the first year that uh, Madrid had been back to the Champions League since Ronaldo left. And final. this is by far the worst team that they've had to win one too. Yeah. I mean, Benzema is like the, you know, he's the last one there. He's looking on the room like, who in the hell are these guys? You know, he had Ronaldo, Bale, that all those guys we were talking about before, and it's him and Modric who's got and like his two legs and a and wheelchair. And Marcelo's gone now. Yeah. And he didn't, you know, did he even play in the final? I don't think he even played, did he? Mm, I thought I he made him come so. out of the sub. I couldn't remember. I don't think yeah. so. Real Madrid. <laughs> they are they are champions once again, killing it. All right, uh, let's talk uh, World Cup tune-ups. Uh, mainly, we're talking because US uh, played last night. They faced Morocco in Ohio. Uh, there are are two separate storylines from this game. Uh, one is the game itself, and like the Champions League, we have outside of the game itself. Uh, so, you know issues to, to discuss. So I'm um, going to kick it off first. We're going to talk about the game. Uh, Halter put out a, a relatively strong uh, side uh, against Morocco. A lot of the starters that we expect to see for, uh, for the world cup played Christian Pulisic played for 70 odd minutes or 70, 68 minutes, 70 minutes, something like that. Uh, Timothy way played uh, uh, Aaron long is back and, and playing uh, up to full strength, which is great to see. I know he was out for a while with an injury, uh, Matt Turner in goal. Matt Turner's kind of an interesting situation. He's moving to Arsenal this summer. He's going to become the backup goalkeeper at Arsenal. Uh, he's currently got the number one spot for the U.S. national men's national team. Um, and there's going to be real questions as to whether or not he'll keep that spot because he's going to Arsenal. He's not going to play uh, or he's not going to play much. He'll play, you know, some some cup game, cup games and that kind of stuff. But um Overall, I mean, we, we saw some some rotations, saw some new players get their first uh, first caps. Uh, I could off the top of my head, I can remember Haji Wright uh, making his, his first U.S. international start and, and getting a goal, which is great for him. Uh, Weston McKinney is back. Um, he made a, a late substitution into the game, played for a little while. That's great to see after he uh, had that significant injury back in, I think it was February. So that is fantastic for his uh, chances of playing in the world cup this uh, this this winter so uh good things out of the u.s they played honestly they played pretty well overall uh i don't know how many of you guys actually actually watched it but uh that high pressing style that uh Ber- berhalter said he was going to bring to the u.s is is finally showing up in the way it should uh all the players are understand the role they understand what they're supposed to be doing um and they were and they were pressing Morocco. I mean, and, and Morocco's no slouch team. This isn't this isn't you know, team number you know three hundred forty eight uh, in 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 world rankings by any means. This is a, a stout side with some really really good players in it. Um, and the U.S. came out on top, three 0 win. Uh, it was a it was a really an, oh I don't know if you guys saw. It. Did you guys see the even if you didn't watch the game? Did you see the replay of the first goal? The sublime yeah. touch oh, yeah. by Pulisic, and then a, a, a sweet little square ball across to uh, to uh, Aaron uh, Johansson. Aronson. Aronson. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, he it was it was excellent. That was a really really nice goal. And then oh, Timothy Weah's goal. He put that thing on a frozen rope. I mean, he hit the ball so hard that the keeper deflected it in. 
Like, I mean, it was already going in like direction wise, but that keeper had zero chance at stopping it. I mean, he got it, he got his hands to it and all he could do is just redirect it slightly because oh, he laced it from about 20 yards out. It was, it was really, really pretty to see. So good match overall for the U S good tune-up game. Um, you know, all these are just friendlies for the U S right now. Um, but that actually is kind of what leads into our next uh, topic of discussion. Christian Pulisic um, made waves in the post game, uh, making comments about attendance at the match, uh, saying he was disappointed at how many Americans specifically mentioning Americans showed up to the match. Now the match was in Cincinnati played at the FC Cincinnati's home stadium, uh, which holds about 26,000 people and just shy of 20,000 people showed up. So that's yeah, 80% full. What do we think? Is Christian Pulisic overreacting or is he right to call out U.S. fans? Weren't tickets super expensive? I, I saw something yeah, like $213 on they average. Were, I think they were starting at uh, 80 bucks. Yeah. Come on. Like, so so I, I've, I've thought about this because obviously Pulisic is – he plays for Chelsea. And I think – what what needs to happen from this is the federation needs to look at the pricing for these tickets because if you want stands to be packed on a wednesday night for a friendly quote-unquote send-off because the world cup would normally be taking place in the summer but because it's in qatar it's not taking place until the winter so the send-off game becomes a useless friendly in the in you know the end of may slash beginning of june you can't expect people to shell out 200 plus bucks for this men's national team, which is one of the most hot and cold teams I think I've ever watched, and then get mad when there are fans of another team, the Moroccan national team, coming to watch their team who are probably on vacation and traveled to come see them. You know, international fans travel well. We know this. We've seen Mexico fans overrun u.s stadiums and they routinely pack out the azteca you know that is always sold out when the mexican national team plays it doesn't matter who they're playing so we know international fans travel so i think the what well what should happen what i hope happens is that this forces the federation to realize you want people to show up you need to make it financially feasible to show up you know it's it's expensive like if i wanted to go to there i would have to fly from florida to cincinnati yeah, that's not cheap. I have to get a hotel. That's not cheap. You get a ticket that's starting at at least 80 bucks, if not more. You know, it's they're pricing people out of the game. And then the players who have a right to be upset at lack of, you know, fan participation and representation. But, you know, it's not the fans' fault that the Federation is being greedy. So it's also, uh, I, I don't know. It, it kind of is a microcosm of the U.S. Soccer Federation in general, right? Like pay to play, all this stuff, like kind of pricing out some of the people who would contribute the most and who would it, like be most likely to attend. Um, and and Cincinnati is a fairly rabid soccer fandom. Um, so it's just, come on, like it's just how much money did you make on that price of the ticket is it worth the the fiasco that this has turned into it's just common sense is not common when it comes to things like this 
one of the one of the things that I always um, I go back and forth about with <clears throat> with people and and kind of in my own head when it comes to the price of tickets. And this is across all sports. This doesn't just pertain to U.S. soccer. U.S. soccer is U.S. soccer is following the exact same model that every other pro sports league in, in the United States follows right now, which is we don't actually care if the stadium is packed. We're going to sell the tickets at a price where we're going to make the greatest profit. Um, and, and for those of you who are, aren't familiar with this, this pricing strategy, it's why you don't see um, most pro stadiums packed out until playoffs during the season. They actually, these teams can make more money by selling higher price tickets and leaving the stadiums at 75, 80% full um, than they would if they lowered the ticket prices and sold out the entire stadium. Um, so from a financial model standpoint, it's the smart thing to do. From the sporting standpoint, it really takes away, right? It takes away from the atmosphere. It takes away from the support for the team. Uh, and at this point, you kind of have to ask the question, what's more important? You know, what are, what, what are we looking for here? What is our end goal? And if U.S. soccer's only motivation is <clears throat> financial, well, then they're doing what they should. And, and the only blame is on U.S. soccer. It's never on the fans in this standpoint. The, the points you guys, I think you, you've made it, it, the exact points that should be made. It was on a Wednesday night. School in Ohio isn't out yet, necessarily. No, there's lots of uh, schools that have still are still in school. So parents aren't bringing their families on a school night for a game that starts at, what was it, like 8, 8.30? It's like 8.30, yeah. Yeah. The, the game's going to you know be done at 10.30 and you know people aren't getting home until close to midnight. There's lots of people who are just like, no, we're not doing that. Okay. Which makes sense. It's, it's legitimate. And then you look at the ticket prices, $80 starting to over $200 per ticket. This isn't a trip to the movies, you know? I mean, I'll, I guess maybe the movies isn't the best, you know, <laughs> best analogy, but the, it's, it's not a quick thing. If you think a family of four, even if you take the base ticket price, that's a ton of money, you know, a $400 trip with, with food and drinks and parking. And apparently parking at the event is 40 bucks per car. It's insane. It's, it's criminal. It's what it yeah. is. Some, somebody, I mean, in my personal opinion, somebody needs to educate Christian Pulisic on the, on the thing so he can help advocate for the fans because the fans don't have any, or they have recourse, but they don't have as loud of a voice as he does in this scenario. So I, as much as uh, Kyle loves him for his, uh, his Premier League affiliation. Sorry, Christian. You're. Uh, I think we're all in consensus. You're. You're on the wrong side of this one, buddy. Look, I can take him. I leave him at Chelsea too. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's move on to the summer hot topics. Um, first and foremost, the uh, I'm, I'm going to mention this briefly. The the women's Euros uh, start July sixth. Uh, first game up England versus Austria. Uh, we are not going to be discussing that for this podcast. Um, we, we still have some time before that begins, uh, but we will definitely do, do some previews on it in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so be prepared for that. It's going to be a nice uh, three and a half weeks of, uh, of, of, foot, of footy for us all to watch. And there's already people bitching and moaning that the community shield has been moved from Wembley. So if you're one of those people, please don't listen to us because I'll yes. call you a fucking moron. And I'll mean it with every fiber of my being. Because let me tell you, the women's Euros final is way more important than the stupid community shield. Correct. 
Community no. Shield, which is a charity match. Yes, please I, don't I please agree. don't show your ignorance by complaining about that. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, Kyle has been uh, newly appointed the director of morale for the uh, <laughs> and morale and fan engagement for the podcast. That's right. This is a corporate morale officer. That's right. That's right. So if you got any complaints, send it to Skiff. That's T H E S K I F F on Twitter. I think there's a 13 in there somewhere. 13. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, obviously the the summertime is most filled and the, the the biggest talking points uh, all revolve around transfers uh summer window uh, i believe is officially open and yeah. it opens I, I i looked at it before the show it officially opens a week from tomorrow a week from tomorrow okay wow they yep. pushed it back a little bit this is usually yeah. it, usually it opens june 1st that's that's what yeah I, it's open june 10th through september 1st gotcha. at uh i think five o'clock british standard time okay like that. all right so june 10th is or the... 11 o'clock 11 o'clock british standard time sorry uh, we've had we've had a few signings already um, in, in different areas. They, uh, some of them are just official agreements with the with the actual player. Some of them are signings because of free agency. I mean, once a player is free, he they can sign with whoever they want, whenever they want. It's uh, it's not necessarily regulated by those rules. But transfers between teams have to fall during that transfer window. So um, instead of jumping into massive speculation right now, we're we're gonna we're gonna focus on the the four main teams that we cover here on the podcast. Spurs, Liverpool, Chelsea, and United. Uh, and each of us is going to kind of go around. We're going to talk about players that we know are leaving uh, and then what our team's uh, biggest needs are. Uh, and given the – I figure we'll just go by position in the table and we'll, we'll run that way. So, uh, Eric, let's, uh, let's kick it off with, with Liverpool. What's, uh, who's, go, who's going out and uh, what are your biggest needs? Well, we got uh... – a. We're going to start with our forwards. We got uh, obviously Mane. We've been talking about ad nauseum. He wants to go. There's been speculation that he's going to go to Bayern. Um, we want anywhere from 40 to 50 million. I heard they want more close to 30 um, for the fee. So we'll see about that. I don't want to lose the guy. I do. Uh, he's red hot this year. It's fantastic. Rebounded nicely from Milk Carton Mane, his moniker from last year. He did, uh, did really well this year. And just an enjoyable guy. He's a guy you want in your, uh, in your dressing room. Um, and he will be missed if he decides to, uh, complete that transfer and go. Um, Mo said he's right before the Champions League final, he's going to come back another year. I don't know what we're going to do with him. Maybe lose him on a free, just play that one more year and then go. Uh, I heard yesterday if he wants to go, he wants to go to a Premier League club that kind of eliminates a lot of people. I don't know, maybe City, that would hurt. But uh, maybe United, I don't know. But we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> um, we got to look at our midfield. We have Oxlade-Chamberlain. Um, his contract's up. Probably won't really resign. That poor guy has not been the same since his knee injury. I wish him the best. He probably will not come back. Can I can um, I just stop you there for a quick second, Eric? Part of the reason Mane wants to leave is that that player you just mentioned, Alex Oxley Chamberlain, makes twenty thousand pounds more per week than Mane does. Think about the contributions that each of those players have made compared to what they're paid, and you can start to understand why Mane is upset with Liverpool. So just a little aside. So please continue on your mass exodus. Also, since we're interrupting Eric, um, so what was the reported wage they offered Salah that he turned down? I, I, I thought I saw something silly like 230 or it was something. 230, yeah. That's crazy. That's the rumor. I don't know if it's verified, but that's what everybody's saying. That can't Fabrizio be right. Fabrizio didn't report it or anything, but I did see that tossed around. Surely that's not right. Like everybody in the – on. It's not enough. Can't, 
can't be. If that's if that's the number, then he should go. And that if that's the number that they're giving Salah, what the hell were they giving Mane? I'd give him the bird too. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Eric. Well, you it's won't crazy. hear it from me. I mean, get get. You know, I understand the way FSC runs. I've been button heads for years, and Jen and you know a couple of other people we talked to. But I get how we run and how they're they're not going to change, and I get it all. But as much as those guys, especially Salah, has contributed to our club over the years, and for the most part, especially Mo and, and Monty too, they're both fit. They're turning thir- uh, yeah, they're at thirty this year. They both turned thirty this year. They're still got a couple more years left at a high level, I think. So hey, get the bag if somebody wants to uh, give you, you know. 300,000 a week, you go, whatever, go for it. But you can't be mad at them for leaving if Liverpool's going to lowball them. But on the other hand, I, that's the way they, uh, they are. So I can see both sides, really. But I, I will be uh, gutted if both of them leave, especially Salah's my guy. So I really, uh, really would uh, not looking forward to seeing how this plays out, to be honest with you. But is that true, Kyle? That's, that's concrete about Oxlade and uh, Mane. Wow, yeah. that's awful. Yeah. Well, then Ox come. Did he come for? No, he didn't come on a free. Did he? He was like forty million pounds. Dude, that's 40, even yeah. worse. From Arsenal, that's it. Right? That's that's United Arsenal, level yeah. stuff. Arsenal. Yeah. And I think part of it was when they bought when they brought in uh, Mane. He was. I won't say he's unknown, but I think Oxley Chamberlain had established himself somewhat at Arsenal. And you, yeah. you got to figure the English tax, homegrown player versus bringing in Mane. Monty from another league. No, I thought I think Monty came, came from, from Southampton. Uh, Southampton. Yeah, did he? But, okay. but yeah, but looking he at wasn't. Southampton versus he, Arsenal. I mean, and that's where the right. key difference. And Mon- he probably was, wasn't homegrown at that point. Monty was like thirty-two million or something, because he he almost signed for Spurs and then um, he went to Liverpool. Did it really? wasn't a cheap fee. Yeah, that would have crazy. Wow, that would that's crazy. Yeah, nah, I, I mean, remember that. One other person. Uh, uh, Eric, that you, that you didn't mention this, and this was I, I understand why you say it because it's been such a foregone conclusion. Uh, Divock Origi, um, out to AC Milan, was it? AC Milan, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. So he's he's out, um, yeah. So, I mean, so realistically, you guys are looking for Kaida attacking Kaida is, Kaida's up in the air in the midfield. I don't know if they're going to resign him or not, but yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. to answer your question, 230, but we 230 need for Salah. Two thirty a week is less than Bruno Fernandez earns. I, I meant to mention this earlier. I, I think um, Kanate lost his first match playing for Liverpool in the Champions League final, didn't he? That was his first yeah. loss. First, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Sorry, that was poorly timed. I, I just that popped up into my head. Honestly, that was perfect. Execution. Let me let me bring the knife back from that segment and right. There, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. Well, we can. Yeah. Hey, we can just just re replant that uh, that knife somewhere else uh, yeah. as we remember as that we switched, as we switch to Chelsea and uh, and discuss uh, their big changes, Kyle. Yeah, so it's it. This is perfect timing because it was announced today. But Rudiger is officially gone. Um, he's left Chelsea on a free. Um, he's signed with Real Madrid. Um, the other foregone conclusion that we have right now is Andreas Christensen. Although the funny thing is there similar to what's been happening the past two windows with Barcelona is because they are such a poorly run club, they can't register Christensen yet because they don't have the money. So they need to offload a bunch of wages um, in order to get him, Frank Kessie, and one other player that they brought in uh, registered. So we're losing two of our three rotational slash starting um, center backs 
um, we're probably going to be losing. Um, there's potential to lose Lukaku, which is I don't want to talk about right now because it's nothing is concrete there, and we're talking about specifically concrete things. So right now we're missing, we're losing our starting center back pairs. So first and foremost, Chelsea have to bring in at least two center backs. Um, Jules Conde seems to be the foregone conclusion at this point, and then it's um, dealer's choice as to who the second center back is going to be. I know they've been looking at um, the Croatian center back from Leipzig. Um, he's 20, 21 years. Yeah, he's 20, 21 years old. Um, so they're going to have to bring in at least two center backs, Conde and one more. Um, they're going to, I wish they're going to have Guardiola to bring in. Would, he would actually be more expensive than Conde. You think they could do both of those? I do. Well, I mean, because so Bolle has Bolle's promised at least 200 million pounds, plus you have outgoings, right. um, wages coming off the books, plus potential sales with Espilicueta and Marcus Alonso. Um, so I do think um, because and uh, we don't have a choice. We we can't we don't we cannot split hairs here. We don't have a choice because right now our center backs are Trev Chalaba, who had a very good first season in the Premier League, but he's still very young, and a soon to be 38 year old Thiago Silva. So we don't have we don't have the room to say well maybe we'll only bring in one center back. We need to bring in at least two. I think you just so, ride with those two. I think you should shut up. But um. <laughs> Uh, so center back is going to be very important. Um, we're going to need to get wing back cover, especially if Alonzo goes, I pray that he goes, um, uh, we're going to need to get, uh, potentially midfielders. So, and that, that will materialize as the transfer window moves forward. Um, but right now for sure, we've, we're losing two center backs or we need to bring in at least two. So, and then with potential more outgoing, so it could be a very big, we could see a, that first transfer window that Frank Lampard had after the, um, the transfer ban where we brought in Havertz and Ziesch and, uh, it, you know, we brought in everybody chill. Well, you know, we could see a window like that where, uh, five or six people come in. So we'll see. Speaking of Ziyech, I've heard and seen rumors uh, of his departure, possibly, but also of Pulisic's possible departure, given the, the rotation and the lack of playing time. So what, give us some insight. What have you heard? What have you seen? So the three players that are considering their futures right now are the three players that rotate through the same two spots and the three players that have in my opinion, underperformed two more than others, um, Pulisic, Werner, and Ziyech. Uh, the two that have massively underperformed for me are Werner and Pulisic. Um, Pulisic gets in way too many good spots to not have more goals and assists than he already has. Now, granted, he doesn't play, he's not a consistent starter and he's had injury issues since he's been at Chelsea. But the, over the past, over the last two weeks of the season, I've, I, he was in front of goal so many times and he dragged shots wide so many times all you need to do is look at the fa cup he should have had at least two goals against liverpool in the fa cup he missed two wide open shots um, and that's just been a constant theme for him for the past month and a half two months same thing with Werner. we all know what Werner is um he's he'll give 110 percent, and there are flashes but he's not consistent enough and then Ziesh is an older player. He's, you know, he wants to play. He's, he's retired from the international team. So, you know, he's not going to get game time with Morocco. Um, so he wants to play and he's good enough to be a starter. Um, so 
there's rumors of potentially bringing in Usman Dembele on a free, which will be interesting, I think, because he had one of his best seasons as a professional under Tuchel. Um, the only issue with him is his constant, constant uh, visitation to the training room. Uh, he's part of Hospital FC along Jack Wilshire. Um, but if if he comes in on a free and he can stay healthy, that would be good business for Chelsea because we wouldn't have to pay an astronomical agent fee. And if he can stay healthy, he's the type of player that could um, get the ball in a position where if we have a confident and competent number nine and a finisher, we can start seeing more and more goals go in. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if one or two of those three leave and the other one ends up staying. And I think because Pulisic and Werner play on the same side of the field, uh, if I had to guess one of the, the one that would be staying, it would be Ziyech and he would get more playing time. And then we'd see uh, potentially Usman and Dembele, or there's been rumors about Raheem Sterling from City. So it's now that the sanctions are gone and Chelsea's officially owned by Todd Bowley, just like you said, Man United is going to be linked with everybody. Chelsea's been linked with everybody. I mean, a name comes out. It's, you know, Chelsea and United and BSG. It's everybody. Everybody under the sun Chelsea's linked with right now. So that's what, uh, that's what having a lot of financial backing will do for you in the media. It'll link you with pretty much everybody. And I saw, uh, uh, I saw Pulisic to us today. I thought that was crazy. Yeah, it is you, crazy. You can't, you can't afford him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not even trying you to make a joke. But you the, the Chelsea is going to value him to a point where you guys won't pay. Yeah, and that's what. Uh, that's what I thought. Romano well, mentioned forty million it for Chamberlain. Yeah, they're, they're, it, yeah, but that was that was that was years ago. Pulisic's uh, most likely destination in the in the Premier League is Newcastle. They're the only oh ones. Oh God, to pay that, that would be so valuation. funny. Yeah. Oh my so. God. If he if he if he God, could you imagine Christian Pulisic walking the streets of Newcastle? Oh my There's God. like a three percent chance that happens. Oh yeah, I know, it's but very very funny. low. It's no. more likely that he's sold overseas or sold. He, outside yeah, of he England. either he either he either sticks it out of Chelsea and tries to make it work because he's been getting in good spots. You know, he just needs to finish and he I, needs to. I think of the three players that you mentioned, Kyle. Personally, uh, I think he's the most likely to stay. I think Werner is likely to go back to Germany, and I think um, they'll that um, Ziyech is gonna gonna ask for ask for a transfer somewhere else. Yeah, and the good thing is if we do lose Ziyech, we didn't pay a lot for him. We only paid thirty five million pounds, which for a player of his caliber is really quite prob- cheap. And you probably yeah. could get twenty five for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we could get close to that valuation. Yeah. So, so it's it's you know it's cut your losses. Thank you. Correct. Correct. So is Ver- but- Werner gonna go back to? Germany and replace Lewandowski or Holland. <laughs> no. The, oh, no, I'm serious. So originally, yeah. so it's funnily enough, um, Dortmund had registered a, a serious interest in Werner uh, in after the January window. You know, they made it known that they'd be willing to sign mm-hmm. him because they they knew they were losing Holland. It was just a matter of to whom. But they signed a young German striker. I can't think of his name right now, but he's the next up and coming. Right, know, but striker. usually they'll so, bring in two. When they yeah, sell one, and on. I think they, I think they might try to get another attacker. He which would could open the door for Werner, and he, I mean, he would do numbers. He's going to go know score he would, twenty-five goals. Yeah, he's going to score bucket loads of goals in Germany because they don't play as tight defensively, and he can utilize his um, pace more effectively in the Bundesliga versus here. So. Are, you, are you talking about Holland or, or Werner? <laughs> I'm talking about Werner. Okay, so the, the two city fans that are listening can get pissed at me because I think that's going to go about as well as Werner did. <laughs> 
Well, speaking of uh, teams that have lots of money now, apparently, Scott, what are what are Spurs? <laughs> I thought I thought that was a lead in to Jen being being on the pod now. She's oh, doing this. Speaking yeah. of having a lot of money, Hi, Jen. Yes. welcome, Jen. Yeah, welcome. What's up? You, you missed sorry. the Liverpool section. It was terrible. You did. Eric did a terrible job. That's okay. <laughs> Scott. Jen, he let you down massively. You're you're gonna be yeah. in tears when you hear it. Eric, if okay. if I meant it, I wouldn't have said it. You, you know I'm a I'm a total liar. Um <laughs> so um yeah, so so I, I know we talked on it last week. There's the 150 million pound um war chest that's been given to Conte and Parathici. Um so I'll I'll go real quick through areas of need too. So for years, we haven't had anybody really to back up Harry Kane. We had uh, Fernando Llorente that one year that we went to the Champions League final and he scored a goal off his hip against City in the Champions League semifinals, which made his entire existence worth it to me because they were so mad about that. Um, so we need to bring <laughs> a, a backup for Kane. And they're talking about spending some money on, not not like another Llorente, like 50 million pounds on somebody whose name you might actually know to either play two up top with Kane or like actually let him rest. Um, since we're, we're going to be playing two matches a week for some period of time. So backup striker, um, and then coming back a little bit, uh, the right wing, Steven Bergvine, the guy that scored two goals against Leicester in the final two minutes of the match to win us that one. Um, he just doesn't play like Conte views him as a number nine, he says, and he's, basically competing with Kane and Son, whereas all the Spurs fans are like, why the hell do you keep playing Lucas Moura? Bergvine's better. Conte just doesn't see him as a winger. He sees him as a striker. He's never going to play enough to, to supplant Kane or Son, so he's going to go. So we'll probably replace him with an actual winger on the right side. Um, so that's, that's striker and right wing. Uh, Harry Winks, who you've heard me bemoan for years. Um, he's a traffic cone with boots. Um, he, he's going to get sold to... Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, one of these dumbass clubs will pay us 20 million for him. And then we'll replace him with someone that can actually run around a little bit in midfield. Uh, and, and then uh, honestly, it's going to come down to where bids come from and for whom and how much Davinson Sanchez could go. Um, Emerson Royale could go. Matt Doherty could go. Sergio Reguilon could go. What I expect to see is um, at least one center back to go. Joe Roden, Davinson Sanchez, if not two. Um, and we'll bring in a left side center back for the back three. And they're going to spend, like, we might buy Guardiol. We might pay $80 million for Guardiol as well. So that, that might turn into a, a bidding war that we actually can compete with you in if we wanted to. But if it's not him, it will be someone else, Bastoni or someone. We will absolutely sign a left-sided center back that is excellent. Um, a right-sided center back to be a reserve. And probably um, another wing back. Now, there is one confirmed signing so far. It's uh, Ivan Perisic from Inter mm -hmm. is arriving on a free. Um, and he's right-footed, technically, but he's been playing left wing back for years, um, success incredibly successfully. Mm -hmm. uh, but he, he can play left wing back, right wing back, left wing, right wing, or even as a, a number nine in, in emergency situations. So his signing is interesting because I don't know if we will replace – another left wing back or another right wing back. It kind of depends. It gives us some flexibility in the market mm -hmm. to see where the best deal presents itself for the, from the wing backs pers perspective. He's 33. So, you know, there's a lot of fans laughing at signing an old player as if 
he's not free and we're paying him less than 200,000 pounds a week for a free transfer. He's won Bundesliga twice, Champions League, like every league he's been in, he's won and he's played for Conte. He won, he won the Scudetto with Conte mm-hmm. at, at Inter. So he knows the system. He had 20 goal involvements last year as a wing back. That's fucking crazy. Uh, 4,400 minutes. Uh, he clocked like the second highest speed in the Serie A for a defender at 33. He's just a workhorse. So, Who, Scott, who's laughing at that signing? Are you talking, are you talking about Spurs fans laughing no, at or No, no, no. Uh, rival it's, fans. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I think okay. it's just silly. It, well, rival I, fans have the brain power of a sack of hammers. So you don't have to worry about them. Right, right. I, I have, there's no, it's, <laughs> it's a free transfer, but it's not one of those free transfers where you're paying Aaron Ramsey 400,000 pounds a week. Right, um, yeah. It's, it's Chelsea were in for Parasitch too, and I was kind of mad we didn't get him. One hundred ninety-eight thousand pounds a week pre-tax. That's that's a competitive wage for somebody of his caliber, mm-hmm. let alone the fact that he's free. So yeah. that that's exciting. Um, and uh, the the last one is uh, Pierre Luigi Gallini was our reserve goalkeeper. He was on loan from Atalanta. DJ, totally the rap star. Whatever he was. Total lunatic. He's cool. Like everybody loved him, but he was trash. So we let him go back to Atalanta on his loan expired. And we're bringing in the big, ugly bastard, Fraser Forster, on a free, um, who's fine, right? He's played in the Champions League with Celtic. He, he'll be fine. Like if he has to play, it's okay. Galini he, was. He terrible. kept Southampton in a lot of matches. Oh, yeah. Like I think he's we're signing him as a backup. We're signing yeah. him just so he can't prevent Harry Kane from scoring hat tricks. Chelsea. I think that's the only reason. He wasn't the reason Chelsea won six nothing when we played them in Southampton. It was that back line. He, right. I mean, it could have been nine or ten. He made some really good saves. He's a yeah. he's a serviceable backup, and he's homegrown. He's so homegrown, takes up so it'll free up a homegrown yeah. slot because Galini wasn't. He's free. That that deal won't get announced until probably the next two or three weeks because there's laws with contracts. With it's not technically a Bosman transfer when you're going within the league so you have to wait for the contract to, to expire you can't negotiate a pre-contract blah 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 it's boring but um that'll get announced in the next few weeks so we're going to spend 200 million at least up to 250 300 six players those positions maybe a couple at, 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 at a few of them depending on what deals are available but we're linked to so many players so, the, um, so we'll talk about that as we go the joe roden experience is over huh i like joe roden um, I really, I actually think he'd be fine, but uh, Conte doesn't seem to trust him behind Eric Dyer. Did I miss a joke there about the Joe Rogan? Well, because yeah. well, it's that it, it's They're a play Joe on Rogan. the Joe Rogan experience, which is the oh, name of that Jesus. guy's yeah. dumbass okay. podcast. I'm, I'm dense. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> but, um, I'm, I'm the only bald man's podcast that I listen to. But I do remember when you guys signed Joe Roden that uh, a lot of a lot of you guys were excited because of his physicality and yeah you because know, he was coming from the championship and he he had a couple his best performance of course came against Chelsea you. and yeah. that was his first that was his very debut. first appearance yeah and he was yeah. good yeah he's never not been good that's what I don't yeah. understand that but it's listen. We talked Conte. about it for we talked about it for almost two hours. Scott Conte is Conte and whatever it, man. There's I don't nothing, care what he does. Right. There's nothing like if, as soon as Conte thinks you are surplus to requirements, you are su- surplus to require. He 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 ran Diego Costa, probably the best striker we've had at the club since Drogba Papa. in terms yeah. of scoring. He ran him out because he didn't like the way Costa's he didn't like Costa's attitude and right. he didn't like the way he played in the system. And I mean, he was shipping goals for us like it was for fun. So I will I will give Conte credit. He has brought Roden on 
whenever he can in matches. Like, I think he likes him enough to give him a chance and he's not pure shit, but he's not like Conte is going to be ruthless this summer. Like if you can't be good, very good, you're going to move on and be replaced. And that's, that's exciting, obviously from, from our perspective, we'll probably get 15 million for him. There, there's some sales that are going to happen, generate some revenue. Um, so that, that's going to be pretty interesting. And the con- players want to play for Conte. So like these free, like Perisic, Perisic chose Tottenham over Chelsea, over Inter. That is absolutely insane. Well, he saying chose, that, saying he that chose Tottenham over Inter because Inter wasn't going to pay him what he wanted. And he chose it, Tottenham over Chelsea because he's going back to the manager that he won the title with. Right. I don't blame him. Yeah, right, no, no, I'm him. just saying Con- the Conte poll is real. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's not coming to Spurs to play yeah. for the, the badge. I mean, no, I mean, and, <laughs> but, and, and that's what you're going to need to get kind of get over the hump. You're going to need players that want to play for Conte right away. And then right. the, the transition is to want to play for Tottenham because Conte's there, not play right. for, not just happen to play at Tottenham because Conte's there. Like the, the so. fact that we, we might actually sign, Alessandro Bastoni he's 23 Italian international probably now one of the best Italian center backs that there is and he's 23 like why would that person consider coming to Spurs obviously it's Conte and we have money but like that is an unfathomable thing we'll see about that one we'll see about that I I, I mean the fact that you're mentioned with mentioned for him is yeah well well, part of it is they need the money I I think that one's going to get done and they, they do need the money to yeah, no. they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're in a constant state of needing money. Yeah. Which is why I didn't delve into the Lukaku loan thing because it, it it's farcical, but we'll see so what what's, happens. What's interesting is they're linked to the uh, Serie A defender of the year. Um God, what's the guy's name? I can't I can't remember. He's from uh Torino. Um and we're linked with Gelmir or something like that. Gelmar Grimier, Grimier, I think. Something like that. Um, so they're linked. We're both linked to the center back, and they, the the conjecture is they cannot sign him until until they sell a, a valuable asset. So Spurs are basically like, okay, we'll just go sign that guy, unless you give us Bastoni, um, and Inter are like, well, we'll sell Devry and this bag of potato chips. Like that's not going to get it done. So yeah, it's going to be a very interesting summer. The rumor was that what? they were trying to offer Devry, or sorry, Charles, but offer Devry as part of the loan for Lukaku. That's what? one of the rumors being floated. So, Gross. what kind of potato chips? Not, Not the ones. good kind. Oh. It's like sixty percent air in the bag. Oh, it comes, comes with a hamstring injury. Yeah, sixty percent air in the was, bag. If it's it was like, purple Doritos, like I'd say consider it. Purple Doritos. <laughs> those are the, the spicy uh, Thai chili ones. Yeah, those. Oh, those. those I love those so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I, I just wanted to clarify, there were some guys you guys got on loan. Are those going to be made permanent or what's the deal with that? Good question. So uh, Sergio Romero, uh, not Sergio Romero, Jesus. Um, that, that was your goalkeeper, wasn't it, Charles Sergio Romero? At United? God, I can't believe Christian. I did that. Christian Romero. God, yeah. that's embarrassing. So he, uh, he was alone, alone to buy. And, uh, he's actually on his way back now because of what you just did. So. He, might, <laughs> he might go back. He, he might just quit football. Um, he's 40, 42 million pounds, which is – that's so cheap. I mean, he's so good. It's crazy. That's such a good deal. And um, so that's permanent. That will be made permanent this summer. And uh, Kulisevsky, the um, the not best third wheel of, of a front three in the league, um, He that was a two-year loan deal. And we have the option to make it permanent this year or next year. 
what they've decided mm -hmm. to do is defer the permanent deal till next year because they want to spend every penny of cash this summer to okay. making next year's team better. Because um, there was the assumption from all of the Spurs fans that they would, of course, you're going to make that deal permanent. It's, it's a good deal. It's like 30 million euros. Um, but I think it's like 34 million if we do it next summer. So they're, they're saying, and if all right, he turns we'll pay back the extra into a four, pumpkin, then you're right. Yeah. Right. Because so, you know, attacking players are so fickle. You know, yeah. You kind of know what you're going to get with the defender. And I think, wasn't Romero there from the jump? Like, wasn't he there from the start of the season? And Kulisevsky mm -hmm. was a January signing? Yep. Now, so Romero kinda... missed, like, 18 matches through injury because he insisted on playing for Argentina, getting COVID, having to go stay in Austria for five minutes so he could break the travel ban. And it was just a mess. He was, he he was part of, of that games. game that got uh, canceled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the in, against Brazil. Yeah. He also <laughs> went back. He was suspended a month ago. And traveled to Argentina anyways because the Argentine FA thought they might be able to get him out of it and they were never going to get him out of it. So he flew <laughs> all the way back there for no reason. Oh, yeah. I'll fly to Argentina just to turn around and come back. It's fine. But Sounds like a nice long flight. plane ride. <laughs> yeah. All right. Scott, any final words? No, I'm looking forward to the summer for the first time in a long time. Last summer, we, we had no manager for... 80 days so that's true that i'll is take true. it all right okay uh on to the the final team for for this segment uh the sixth place finishers the europa league entrance for the next season uh manchester united now this is going to be easily one of the most tumultuous summers that United has had in recent memory. Um, Which is saying something. It is saying something. I, it, it, I don't know that it'll have the glitz and glam of the long drawn out um, transfer sagas that United are, are normally a part of. And that's largely because most of United's front office is now gone and been turned over into people who actually believe in and care about football. Um, they've gone Dutch. Yeah, they've gone Dutch, which is great. Um but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start you with the uh, the outgoings. Um, there is a chance that as as many as twelve, possibly more players may be out the door this summer. Uh, and in my opinion, it is a goodbye to basically all of them. Uh, I think only only one of them. I'm like, yeah, you can stay. Um, First of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys know about the the six already confirmed exits, uh, and then we'll talk about the six should be confirmed soon uh, or possibility exits. Um, first and wow. foremost, um, possibly the nicest guy in football, uh, Juan Mata. Uh, his his contract <laughs> runs out this summer. Uh, he is it has been announced. He is moving on. Uh, I wish him absolutely the best of luck in everything that he does in the future. He, from all accounts, he's one of the nicest and most upstanding human beings in football. Uh, I, I was so sad when he left us and went to you. Yeah. But he's one of the few players that I still, like I wanted him to do well because he's, like you said, he's just a nice guy. And he's a really good, he was a really good footballer. He's a really good he footballer. Was, he was criminally underused and misused by United. Yeah. So, yeah. He, and he I think is... he was, the, what what makes it beautiful, the sport? He yes. is a 
total athletic donkey, right? Like he has no business being on the pitch with some of these major athletes, but he's so talented and he's little and he's slow, but he could just do stuff that he, you shouldn't be able to do. And he, he rescued, I don't know if you guys know this, but he, he rescued his hometown club from administration, him and a bunch of players mm-hmm. banded together and they put the bunny up so that they were able to avoid administration and stay awesome. in what I thought, whatever level of, um, uh, La Liga they were in. I'm oh. not sure what it, what level it was. So just he, an all around good human being. Yes. He is the player. If he went to city or if he went to Liverpool, I absolutely 100% would root for his success. Uh, it, it would, it's that he, his, who he is cro- crosses those, crosses cool. those boundaries. So um, honestly, I'm kind of hoping he comes to MLS uh, mainly because I would love to see him bring his joy with him to, to the, to this league, um, it, cool. which is lacking that in my opinion, in certain areas. Um, but yeah, so Juan Mata's gone. Uh, another one that uh, everybody else knows about, uh, Paul Pogba, is out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, All signs point to him rejoining Juventus uh, on a cut salary. Uh, we are losing him for free again. Uh, and, and he goes down as probably the, the worst business that uh, Man United have ever done. Uh, twice. Twice, so... <laughs> Oh, the I have, I have no, I have no remorse about this. Um, there, he's been too far too up and down uh, for me. He brings a lot of joy. He's apparently a very, very good dude. Um, I don't wish him ill, um, but I'm not sad that he's leaving by any means. I don't think United are losing oh. that much uh, by letting him go. So, so we we went from Pog back to Pog by basically, basically. So he's gone, and and I'm not sad about it. Next up is Jesse Lingard. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Next up is the is the person we should have sold last summer, Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard. (laughs) Uh, It's been announced he's leaving. His contract is up this summer. Uh, He at the moment doesn't have a a destination. Um, I thought he should have gone to West Ham. He had a successful six month loan spell, or you Mm -hmm. know, half season loan spell with them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Fit in really well. Seemed to be very much in David Moyes' plans. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up there, honestly. Uh, and for West Ham, it'd be the best. Well, I wouldn't say the best because they they probably could have secured Europa League if they had him uh, this season. But um, it'd be a good destination for him. I don't I don't dislike Jesse. Jesse has gone through uh, a lot off the field um, and has still managed mm-hmm. to show up and participate and be a part of everything and, and work you know work really hard. Um, his level is not at Man United's level, and that's so him going is fine. Um, he's by all accounts a great dude, and so I wish I do wish him the best of luck. Uh, next up, Nemanja Matic. It was announced uh, back in like February or March um, that he would not be renewing. Um, he had the he had an extra year on his contract, uh, but he had the opt out this summer, and he's decided to opt out. Um, I would honestly see him going uh, possibly back and playing in Serbia. Uh, possibly playing in another league, uh, but I don't. He's he's too slow for the Premier League now, and so it's time for him to move on. Great dude, uh, gave his gave his all for United, and, and I appreciate the work that he's put in. Um, Lee Grant, our third string goalkeeper, um, he is going to be joining coaching staff, uh, so he's he's retiring from professional football. Oh, cool. um, he's going to be joining the the coaching staff at. Uh, Ipswich town, I think. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, he's joining um, two former United Man United coaches, uh, there. Uh, and it's going to be he's already done his badges, and so he's going to be jumping on with them and getting into the game. 
hope he does great. He, he, he came in and did exactly what he was supposed to do for us. Uh, no problems, no issues. Uh, and then the final confirmed exit, uh, Mr. Edinson Cavani. Uh, where's he going? Uh, likely back to, um, where's he from? Uruguay. Uruguay. But he's probably going, I think he's probably going to go to either there. He probably will end up at one of Boca Juniors or, uh, because I think he's been linked with them before. Yeah. So he's he's, definitely probably going to end up in Uruguay or back in South America somewhere. Um, He wants to be closer to family. Um, Honestly, it's all kind of coming out now that the arrival of Ronaldo is the main reason why he was um, so non-existent this season. I mean, I think he only played in 29 matches total uh, Mm -hmm. across all you know, cups and leagues and all that kind of stuff. So um, not, I mean, he was, a, he gave his all, but you could tell his not, his heart's not set at being at Man United. So move on, have a great time. Uh, thanks for being there when you, when you were there. Um, and then I'm going to run through these last six names um, quickly. I'm not going to, I'm not going to belabor that because there's no guarantee that they're leaving at the moment. Phil Jones. Why do we still pay him? Uh, Anthony Martial. He was on. He went on loan to Sevilla this year, and Sevilla tried to send him back. <laughs> wow! Uh, so, uh, haven't you guys tried to go use well. him as like a bit part in some of these transfer deals so far? It's like it's like FIFA. The first thing you try to do is include Anthony Martial in the deal, yeah. and they're like, "No, no, we we want the cash." The current. <laughs> we're trying to include him plus cash for Darwin Nunez. It's not like do well. He might do well in Portugal, honestly. But he, they're, they're not going to accept him. I guess, no, of course not. The Darwin's full amount and Anthony Marshall. <laughs> right. Uh, no, no, no. We're not trying for a discount. We just want to give him as well. Right. Uh, Dean Henderson has been rumored with a, a move away. He's, he's tired of not playing. Uh, understandably so. He's a very, very good keeper. Uh, rumors to Newcastle, but no report yet. If we lose Dean Henderson and Lee Grant, obviously United will be in the market for a couple of backup keepers. Um, we'll, we'll need them. Um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, he, he has, uh, has not lived up to it. Like his biggest strength is one-on-one defending and we need more than that from him. Um, so Wan-Bissaka is likely out. Uh, Crystal Palace has shown an interest in, in taking him back, which sure, fine, great. Uh, Brandon Williams, uh, look, looking like he's on his way out. He went to Norwich on loan this year and mm-hmm. couldn't lock down a starting spot on the worst team in the Premier League. So likely to see him go and then eric by who eric by has shown nothing but promise um and head injuries so they've likely largely kept him off the off the field so he hasn't been able to develop a partnership with anybody um if he goes and, and honestly for the sake of for his sake i hope he does so that he can get some regular playing time really compete i, I think he's earned it I, he's one of the better guys and i actually like eric a lot um i hope he finds a good home where he can actually play and, and stop getting injured that would be fantastic so yeah question do you like that eric more than our eric uh for different reasons (laughs) smart man Mm -hmm. i would not trust uh (laughs) eric redding at center back nor nor should you (laughs) eric redding and eric by contributed the same amount of time at center back for united over the past six months so that's fair that is a fair point Uh, since my since my recap stunk, do you want Jen to go over it again? No, I'm oh, not. Oh, <laughs> it didn't. Yeah, I just talked about the outgoings. Now I got to talk about needs. 
Oh, he's Lord not knows, done. I'm Lord not- knows we don't need more. We don't need more Liverpool chat on this. <laughs> All right. So Manchester United, honestly, um, three main needs uh, are, are midfielders, uh, defensive center mid specifically uh, is the is the one position of need uh, there. We've been we're, we're currently linked with a Barcelona midfielder who um, apparently they're selling beat just to get money because apparently as Kyle mentioned earlier they need money before they can register players uh, yeah think think of how funny it is to to give up Frankie de Young to 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 register uh, Christensen I can't say that I would do it not in any club I would never give up one that one for that one but um yeah so defensive center mid honestly I think is our biggest priority overall uh striker uh is is the next uh major priority uh all reports are saying Ten, Ten Hag wants to strengthen the attack, and I can definitely understand why we lost a striker mid-season um, due to him being a, a complete dirtbag. And then um, Martial went out on loan. Rashford lost his form almost completely. Cavani was non-existent, and uh, we have 37-year-old Ronaldo left uh, leading the line. Um, you know, Sancho has caught on. He's done quite well, and I expect him to continue. Alanga is going to be very good, but he's also still very young. So we're relying on uh, a 21-year-old to um, do things that uh, Alanga is just not not ready for yet. Um, so I think striker is our next biggest concern. We'll definitely be looking to bring in a striker from where. Don't know yet. Um, and last but not least, we need to find a replacement for Slabhead. Is he still going to be around? He, he, I, the problem about, is he is going to be around. <laughs> he's not going anywhere. They're not going to sell him. They're not. Nobody's going to buy him for anything close to what we paid for him. So uh, the best hope right now is that we find a top-level center back to pair with Varane, uh, and then we have Maguire and uh, Lindelof as, as their backups uh, moving forward. Your best hope for Maguire is that he takes a repeat trip to Greece. I... I How- how many how many <laughs> eggs do you think you could fry on his forehead like at the end of a game like mm. half a dozen it um have you ever seen how they do it at hibachi that's what it was. <laughs> yeah for sure i'm just curious how many <laughs> yeah I, I don't you get at least Probably at least at least three at least yeah. three. you're getting you're getting Two. an omelet on that forehead so is uh van de beek back officially yeah he will he's okay. uh, his loan is is ending van de beek um, it right there we go. Back. There we go. Uh, Hashtag it. Hashtag it, Charles. Get it started. <laughs> um, yeah. So Van de Beek has a relationship with Eric Ten Hag, uh, having played for him at, at Ajax. So um, I would I would guess that he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. And I have said Hope this all along. If we can figure out how to play Van de Beek and Fernandez at the same time, it could be a very very good partnership. And if they're given a defensive center mid that actually can cover this could work out really, really well because uh, Vendeby can be a box-to-box midfielder. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we know Fernandez is a, is a creator, so he can stay you know, closer to the top. And then if we have the third midfielder mm-hmm. in the back playing more defense, it, it really could work out quite well. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. We, uh, there's a, I mentioned Juan Basaka possibly going out. If, if we can find a replacement for him, it would be the best thing, honestly, because Dallo is okay, but his Dallo's crosses are not good. Um, he needs help there. So wing back is that right back is is the next 
you know, reinforcement necessary overall. But yeah, I, I honestly, it's this were what I'm seeing and the, the reason why I'm almost as excited as Scott for this summer is that we're finally seeing the change that United fans have been begging for, for five seasons. Um, half the time when people quote the amount of money that United have spent on transfers, it's been for, we've, we've overpaid for players that were third and fourth choice. Mm-hmm. So there, it's not, we, yeah, we've been spending money, but we haven't been spending money intelligently. And yeah. I'm looking forward to us finally possibly doing that. But again, we'll wait. <laughs> we shall wait and see. All right. So we will continue with transfer rumors throughout the summer. Um, I think next week or yeah, very soon we will, we will hit, I, I, I think opening of transfer, the transfer window um, we'll hit the, uh, the biggest rumors and hit, you know, see what's most likely what's least likely and, and talk about uh, all the players that Liverpool are losing. It'd be great. Wow. So glad I could come back for that. Yeah, it's just, just for you, Jen. Just for you. We were saving some zingers in case you showed up. You missed all the good ones. You get like the B-roll ones, but you know, we're here. That's okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, Eric's tough. He's fine. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's a trooper. Uh, we, I'm going to kick it over to Eric now for our What in the World of Football uh, segment. And it, it actually covers um, a, uh, a World Cup playoff game. Uh, so Eric, I'll kick it over to you and we'll, we'll chat about this it, a little bit. It does. Yeah. It's exciting news. Um, at least a little sliver, tiny bit of good news. Except how's comparison to real life, but, um, what Ukraine's going through, I know everybody's been keeping up with that. And once again, they have our thoughts and prayers going out to the, those brave, brave people where they fight back the, uh, the invaders of, of Russia, but, uh, Ukraine actually played Scotland on Wednesday and they actually had a nice three to one win over Scotland. And now that puts them one game away from qualifying for the 2002, uh, 22 world cup. Um, they're going to face Wales on Sunday in the playoff finals to earn the trip to Qatar. And, uh, president Zelensky actually had a, a, just a little, uh, soundbite here. He said, joy to our military, to our whole country. We're all fighting each for our own front for this, for our blue and yellow flag, for our coat of arms on our hearts. Ukraine's not dead yet. We cannot be silenced. That was very, very cool. So uh, FIFA actually placed an indefinite ban on Russia from competition at the end of February when the country invaded Ukraine. And so they are actually out, which is a good thing. So there you go. So Ukraine is one game away from the World Cup, which would be an awesome story. And, and what's for, for, the, for the American fans, why, why are these uh, playoffs of interest to us? Because they would be in our group. They're in our group, yep. That's right. Whoever wins this match between Ukraine and, and Wales uh, becomes the fourth team in our group, uh, joining us, England and Iran. And yeah, uh, yeah so uh, so I'm going to I'm going to throw it to you guys. We have Ukraine who who really outclassed uh, Scotland in the first playoff. Um, saying you, much. Ukraine were there for. Yeah, I know that's not may not be saying like much, football. But, but given, I mean, obviously the the. Uh, everything's on their side as far as people wanting them to win. Uh, you know, every, they're yeah. in everybody's favor. So take that energy. Now they got to go play Wales. Who wins, or who would you rather win? Ukraine. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah. They're they're the they're the Denmark of, you know what I mean? This tournament, as far as last, you know, in the Euros when Christensen went down. Yeah. Anyway. You know, when tragedy happened and we were all, you know, like horrified and 
heartbroken and then euphoric that he made it and it just became this amazing narrative I think it's it's got the same kind of energy except it's a country <laughs> instead of just an individual mm-hmm. so I'll Plus, be the bad guy Wales why Bale Roden, man, man bun Davies mm-hmm. like I, I like a lot of their players um okay. yeah and honestly it'd be better for us though if if Davies didn't end up going. I don't think Bale's not going to come back to Tottenham. Um, Conte would tear both hamstrings off his legs with his preseason training. Um, but uh, it'd be better for Davies not to have to play. Charles? Eric, you go. Oh, I already said Ukraine. Okay. Kyle? Uh, Team Wales. Sorry, Ukraine. Why? Sorry. Uh, just, I, I just don't believe in the Welsh team. I think they're, uh, they'll show up one game and fold the next. And um, I know Christian is going to enjoy if they do make the World Cup, uh, then battering them uh, both as an uh, half Englishman, half American, depending on the day and how he feels. Um, so it would give him two chances to beat Wales. And I, it just, I think it would make the group a little bit more interesting. Um, because, you know, we were talking about it pre-show, but Gareth Bale has plenty left in him to win a match, especially a match that's cagey and not, you know, this free-flowing. You know, he can win the game from a spot kick or a mm-hmm. free kick. So I just – I think it would make for a more interesting group. I think there would be three teams there that would have a chance to go through versus if you if Ukraine were to make it. So – uh, see, I, I I agree with your choice, but I agree, I don't for this for those reasons for not for the same reasons. I I I'm rooting for the U.S.'s interests, and I and I think that the U.S. has a better shot against Wales than they do against Ukraine. Um, mm. you, the United States traditionally does not play well uh, against a team that has something to fight for, and mm-hmm. uh, Wales don't necessarily have something to fight for against the U S uh, and honestly, given their, given their side, given the, given the age and, and the way that the way that we play now, I think we have a better shot against Wales than we do against Ukraine. And so that's why I would rather um, I, this is nothing against Ukraine and, and the success and the joy it would bring their people. I, I, I would be very happy for them to have joy, especially given the time. Um, but in the U S's interest, I, I would pick Wales all day. Honestly. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Eric, do we know when that match is going to be played? Sunday, uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be Sunday. At what time? I'm not sure. But... Noon. Sunday noon. at noon. Also, I, I want to officially get this on the record early. I think Gareth Bale is going to sign with Cardiff City. Why? Because he's gonna want to, he's gonna go back home, play just enough matches to stay fit for the World Cup, but without having to stress his body out, he's gonna be comfortable, be fit enough. He's not gonna go to. I don't think he's gonna put his body through all that. You don't think? Is he from somebody like Nottingham? Is he from Cardiff? I believe so. Okay, because they're they're very territorial there in terms of you know Cardiff and Swansea City. They have a, a similar rivalry type to like. Uh, Rangers and Celtic, you know, the, it's it's one or the mm-hmm. other. You don't play for both. You don't cross the line. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so 
I, that's why I was just wondering what made you pick Cardiff. So, book it. <laughs> we right. can't sports. We can't bet in Florida, so I can't book it. But I believe in you, Scott. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kyle. We're looking forward to it. Uh, I know I'll be watching the game on Sunday for sure. Uh, Definitely. But yeah, uh, let's see. By the time we meet next week, the the window will not be open, so we'll have other things to discuss. But uh, the, the window yeah. won't specifically be open, but I bet you we'll have more clarity. Oh, we'll definitely have more clarity. for all our teams because yeah. the window will be about to be open by the time we pod. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, teams teams will be able to make verbal agreements with each other. Um, they just won't be able to to sign and register them. Uh, yeah, like sure. I, I I would imagine. I hope. Um, by this time next week, I'm talking about Jules Conde as a Chelsea player and all but uh, it being official. Yeah. So I'm a Man United fan, so we won't have done any any business by then. But um, yeah. <laughs> oh. except obviously kicking these players out, we're gonna. Damn, play. when did Eric become a United fan? Oh Jeez. no, it's <laughs> I, that's I I I know United United summer transfer business. That's how that's how we do. Well, it. I mean, you heard me say I hope because Chelsea <laughs> Chelsea does a lot of the same. They do a lot of pussy putting around, and then at the end of the window, try and sign some people. So hoping with this new regime it's a little bit different and you know Tuchel has a list of people he wants so if Todd Bowley's true about his intent he'll get he'll get these transfers done uh, early we shall see we shall see all right well want to thank everybody for listening this week and uh, we will see you all next week